to your places, I shouted. Prepare for battle. A dozen men leaped valiantly into the rigging and began to climb. Knives clenched in their teeth. Others seized whatever lay close at hand. Belaying pins, stray pieces of wood, hammers, an axe, and moved to the rails. Can you do anything? I asked Ool. I'm sorry, master, he said. My will is focused on keeping the ship aloft. If I let go of my concentration, we will fall to our deaths. Bring us down, I commanded. I don't care if we crash. We cannot hope to fight it in the air. It will attack at once if we do that, he said. We must not flee. I hesitated. It hadn't attacked yet. Perhaps it was merely curious. After all, how many flying ships could it have encountered before? Then stick to our course, I said. Use your best judgment. If there's trouble, do whatever you must to save us. Aye, master. I left him in the bow and moved toward the center of the ship. Meanwhile, the dragon wheeled overhead, studying us. Its eyes glittered, and whenever that gaze rested upon me for an instant, I felt my heart lurch in panic. Such creatures, according to every legend I had ever heard, were old beyond human measure, and more cunning and intelligent than any man. This one's attack, if it meant to attack us, would be careful, guarded, and deadly. I cursed myself for a fool. Why had I risked my life and ship when I could just as easily have killed Ophir the cat at sea? Why hadn't I been content with a common, everyday sort of revenge? I never should have come to Greyhaven. I never should have cached our weapons on the coast. How could we possibly fight off a dragon without so much as a sword or an arrow? A desperate answer came to me. Grappling hooks. If we could somehow pin its wings and make it fall. I shouted, Break out the grappling hooks and lines! Several hands immediately ran below deck to fetch them from the ship's stores. As they did, I turned to study the dragon once more. Good idea, master, Ool said from behind me. Thank me if it works. The dragon banked overhead again, its shadow flashing across the ship. The creature had a sinuous grace to its movements, and its presence commanded the certain, horrific fascination like a spider or a bat, only a thousand times more powerful. I turned slowly, following its course. Still it circled, and slowly it started to descend toward us, closer, closer. I could see each individual scale on its belly, so sharply etched they might have been carved in ebony. I could see the tough, hard leather of its wings. I could see the fire and bloodlust in its eyes. It opened its mouth, and smoke streamed out. Then, powerful wings surging. It began to fly up and away. I let out a sigh. Perhaps it had only been curious about us after all. What did I care as long as it left? But no. I realized suddenly, with growing alarm, it hadn't left. It had flown away, climbed higher, and turned toward us. Then, closing its wings, it dove straight at us. Several of my men screamed in terror. I felt my own stomach twist. Nearer came the dragon. It threw back its head to let loose a blast of flame.
As if in reply, Ool mumbled something in his sing-song voice. Abruptly, the deck jolted and the palmer reach swung hard to port. Canting so sharply, my men lost their balance and slid across the planking. I clung to the rail, wind ripping over me. The dragon passed not six feet to my right. I glimpsed gouts of flame, and then the heat of the monster's passage rushed over me in a burning wind. I had to close my eyes and turn my head away. Slowly the deck righted itself. I stared at Ool, at his singed hair and half-burned robes. He seemed completely unaware of them. He spoke again in the language of magic, working another spell, and the Palmer Reach began to sail faster, rising higher. Had he lost his senses? We should be heading for the ground in safety. Then the first wisps of cloud passed between us. He was trying to hide in the clouds, I realized. Maybe 